0: Okay. Without any further ado, our first message this morning will be brought to us by Mr. Steve Andrews, our local pastor here, and it'll be entitled "The Force Field of Blessing." My greetings, Brett. I got it on. It's not on. Is it? it is on. Okay. Well, maybe I had to, didn't get it all the way on. <clears throat> Greetings, brethren, and uh, those who are on the internet today. Um, it's good to be here. And uh, unfortunately, I've got one of those books that's got a lot of stuff in it, and I've misplaced my uh, thing. The <clears throat> message today is the force field of, of blessing. And uh, we know that uh, science fiction has always uh, been out there trying to find that magic elixir that magic uh, uh, aurora that's called the, the uh, force field to keep bullets from from entering and uh, to keep them from uh, uh, you know going down and uh, and uh, it's been a um, it's been a part of the star trek uh, uh, thing for a whole very long time and it's interesting that in the new Star Trek uh, the force field didn't work too good. Now, I'm not going to reveal any of the rest of it for the, those of you that haven't seen it. So if you, if you really would like to go see it, uh, that's as far as I will go, and I won't tell you anything else. But <clears throat> it's interesting that in this world, um, we have so much. Oh, and I wish I could find that here. I know it's in here because I just had it a minute ago. And um, let's, our force field, let's turn to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. While I am looking for this, I guess that's the weakness of uh, having a, a message that I gave not too long ago, about three years ago, and uh, then losing the page. <laughs> but I do remember the first, first couple of, of um, scriptures that I've got, so... the world is looking for a force field. They're looking for this magic elixir, this magic thing that will protect them from, from uh, you know, all harm, all bullets, and all of this. And, and, uh, and they're always looking for this, uh, this magic thing out there. And yet, we know that uh, that, that doesn't exist for them, and I'm not sure that, um, that they will ever, ever find that. But for us, for us, we know that there's great evil out there. And we know that there, there's uh, problems in the world and, and struggles in, in life. And we know that we need some kind of force field. We need something to keep us and help us uh, you know, to be able to, to overcome those things. We know that we have a great enemy. The world doesn't really recognize this enemy, but we do. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter and verse 12, it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're, really, we're very much aware. and You can look at the, the news and the different things and you can see what, what's going on. What is going on? What's happening to the world? Why are we doing what we're doing? And we realize that there is, a, there is a force that the world is not recognizing that's pushing mankind into a situation in, in which they could completely and totally destroy one another. We know in Job, we get a little bit of a, um, a picture of what this being that is the uh, leader of it, the leader of all of this. Hatred for mankind. He hates man. He hates the fact that men can reproduce one another in the image of God. (laughs) In the situation in which uh, we find Job, there was a man, verse 1, in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And then Satan was up there <laughs> he, he was gathered together and the Lord said in verse 8 and I didn't give uh, this one to uh, to Brian in verse 8 the Lord said to Satan have you considered my servant Job that there's none like him in the earth perfect and upright man one that fears God and eschews evil now look at look at the mind of Satan Look at this evil mind that sits there ready to, to, to come and pounce on humanity. Look at what he said. And then Satan answers the Lord and says, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him? Have you not put a force field around Job? You've, you've surrounded him with this wonderful blessing, this force field. And Satan is making his case and about his house, and about all that he has on every side. You've blessed the work of his hands, and his substance has increased the land. And then, of course, what's Satan say? Ah, put forth your hand now, and touch all that he has, and he will curse you. He will curse you. And so, we find out that God allowed, while well, I'm looking for my, uh, my part, my my notes here, <laughs> sorry about that, <clears throat> um, um, that while God is uh, allowing him to have a, um, a part in bringing Job to an understanding of who God is, he is only allowing him to have just so much. He doesn't want Go- Job to be destroyed. He, he, is, he is protecting Job. And I know that I'll find this in here somewhere. I know it's in here, because I I found it this morning, and it was uh, right there. And um, and let's see what happens here. Hmm. Well, I may have to just swing this one here. (laughs) Ah, Maybe I picked up the wrong book. I hope that's not the case. Ah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah. Well, i tell you what, Brian, bring me up the next verse, and we'll go from there. In the book of Psalms, we have this. And I kind of remember some of the things that I would uh, have put together. And and, uh, there is this, this, blessed is the man. What we have is a tremendous hedge. We have God's Holy Spirit. We have God that is with us. We know that there are trials and tribulations. But the the psalm says, Blessed is that man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. God blesses those who obey him, who follow his words, who keep his commandments. The next one. Uh, Brian, please. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I may not mem- remember my uh, my points, but I do remember all the scriptures. The law of the Lord, Psalms 119, 1 through 3. Let's uh, only finish the, the Psalm, one, um, Psalm 1 here. Let's go back to that and we'll pick those verses up. And I'll get it into my Bible, too, here. I apologize for that. I had it in here. I know it's in there. i just standing up here. I can't find it, so I'm not going to worry about it. <clears throat> Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. Why is that important? Why is it important that we, we understand the law of God? Do you see what's happening in the world today? If you don't understand the law of God, are you going to fall into the same traps that even some Christians are falling into in this world? Are we going to fall into the same traps of diversity? (laughs) It seems like we have forgot that God created man and woman. We now have a a, a college that says uh, there's no... We're going to take the word man out of the dictionary in this college. We don't have men anymore. Uh, I don't know what we've got. Girly men? Is that what we've got? Girly men. That must be what it is. Uh, that one came from uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We have just girly men now. We don't even have men. We just give that up. And he shall be like a tree planted in the river of water. It brings forth its fruit in season. Its leaf also not, uh, will not wither. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. These are words of for us today, brethren. That God promises this. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the ju- uh, shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the godly shall perish. Those are promises, brethren. Those are promises to us. In Psalm 119, we're very familiar with this. Um, over and over, talking about the commandments of God. These are part of that hedge, that part of that, that force field that we have, the force field of blessing, are the commandments of God, are part of our life. They should be inculcated in it. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord, verse 1. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies that seek him with a whole heart. They are also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. So the whole point is we learn the ways of God, and we walk in those ways. And we keep the, the commandments of God, and we keep them. And the whole book of Psalm, the, the whole uh, 119, is all about the commandments of God and the, and, and the statutes and the judgments of God. And if you haven't gone back and you haven't read all of those hundred and what is it, 176, um, yeah, 176 verses, they will really encourage you to understand the depth of the commandments of God and how important they are in our life and how important they thought that this um, author, I I believe it was David, maybe not, that believed that those commandments were so important. Psalms 128, Psalm 128, 1 through 6. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord, that walks in his ways. For you shall eat the labor of your hands, happy shall you be. And shall be well with you. Your wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of your house. Your children like olive plants round about your table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that fears the Lord. The Lord shall bless you out of Zion and, and you shall see the good of Jerusalem and all the days of your life. Yea, you shall see your children's children and peace upon Israel. In the world that we live in today, you kind of sometimes wonder um, what the future is going to be like for our children. How how are they going to grow up? How are they going to be able to sustain um, the same kind of uh, moral background that we have, as older people, have learned growing up in this uh, in our own families and learning from the Bible? Because it's becoming to the point where they they're hating Christians and and the Bible now is being maligned and ridicule. It's getting to be more and more difficult. But understand that your the children are protected under that 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 umbrella, that beautiful force field. In Mark, the tenth chapter. In Mark the tenth chapter. There's benefits to being a part of God's way Mark 10 beginning in verse uh, 13 Jesus loved children (laughs) it's interesting he was uh, had these all these crowds around him and all these people and and um, and then when the little children came up well I I think the disciples thought that oh let's just protect our our um, let's protect Jesus And so, we find this scenario. They brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. When, When Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said to them, Allow the little children to come to me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Brethren, if you have little children, you should be teaching them about Jesus and his love for little children. Those crowds were huge. But whenever they would bring a little child, Jesus wanted them to come because such was the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms. He put his hands on them and blessed them. We do that every year at the feast and we ask Jesus to, to bless the little children that their lives will be blessed that they will grow up and understand this truth and understand this way and that their parents will guide them and lead them in this way even in this even in the the, the situation in the world that they, that they may live in in 1 um, Corinthians the 7th chapter 1 Corinthians 7 and just one verse here and I might just read it for the unbelieving husband is s- sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were their children unclean, but now they are holy. Even in a mixed marriage, the children can be set apart and holy in that marriage. And, of course, if you're both married and both in the church, and, and you know, your children are blessed, truly blessed. They're holy to God. They are part of God's heritage. We need to remember that when we correct or, or guide or lead our little children. We need to remember that they're a part of God's heritage. And someday they're going to be in the kingdom if you teach them and guide them and help them and direct them. Not everything is roses. We know that. We know that that there are many forces out there. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, we find that um, Jesus is talking about some, some things that... that um, and I think we're very familiar with this. Matthew 5, 1 through 12. All of these verses are, are part of our, our very, um, that, that very force field that's around us. And we understand that. He's seen the multitudes. He went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, that's very interesting. The meek, the humble, those that come to God and humble themselves before God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for, they, the, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you know all these blessings, including the persecution, brethren, understand that, that maybe in the society that we live in, we might have to face persecution. Blessed are they are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. One time, many years ago, it didn't seem like there was much, um, any forces that would, would be doing that to us. But today, brethren, we don't know. We have no idea how bad it could get for Christians. Especially if we uphold the Bible and all the principles that are in the Bible. If you uphold that, you may actually have to, to suffer some persecution. He says, rejoice and be exact, exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. <laughs> that rejoicing, that part of our life is a part of that, you know, that shield, that magic part of that that God provides us. A blessing. We are blessed. We understand in Proverbs uh, 6, verse 16. I'm winging some of these. We understand these these seven principles. uh, Actually, six principles here. These six things does God hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. A lying tongue maybe I should emphasize that even more lying tongue hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked imaginations feet that are swift running to mischief a false witness that speaks lies and he that speaks uh, that um, sows discord among brethren those things God calls abominations we look at those and we realize that a lot of that's in the society that we live in today, do we call out to God to help uh, the country that we live in, to wake up, to understand what's going on before God's judgment comes upon this, this, this country? Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to pass on that part. Um, that one is, we're required to, to protect the, the congregation. I think you understand 1 Corinthians 5. And I'm going to go ahead and pass on weren't Read 1 through 11 and understand that um, we have the responsibility to protect the, the moral and uh, religious uh, understanding and, uh, of, of the congregation. And so that's what 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter is. But in Isaiah, the fifth chapter, I want to skip over to that because we live in a world, and, and I know this was, some of you will probably remember this. Um, many years ago when I was a kid, and I don't know whether they, they, they pulled it out and, and opened it up again, but many years ago when I was a kid, um, I was an avid comic book fan. <laughs> Maybe too avid a comic book fan. I, I had tons and stacks of them. I think I had them stacked all over the, my room in my, my house. Um, I gave them all up. I thought they weren't, you know, I should do that when I become a Christian. Now that I look at it, maybe I should have kept some of them. Were probably very, very worthwhile. You know, could have made some money out of it. But anyway, I uh, I gave that up and many years ago. And but I still remember the the one comic book that that, that really impressed me when that was. Uh, Superman's alternate ego in another universe called Bizarro. I think some of you may remember this (laughs) that character. Everything was totally opposite to what Superman was all about. They hated everything about Superman. They hated anything in that society. They hated everything that was any was good. They wanted everything bad. They wanted all things uh, evil. They wanted all things bad. They did. They would up anything that was good they wanted their whole society was just nothing but bizarre and I got to looking at our society and I went to Psalms the fifth chapter and you look at these woes in here and you think about what God is talking about and it's the society of bizarro in verse 20 now there's other there's other woes here there's um, uh, verse 8 verse 11 and verse uh, thro- uh, verse 18, the woe on the society, and it was a society at that time, but believe in me, brethren, we, we live in that kind of a society today. We live in, a, in essentially a bizarro society. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What's going on in our society? We're doing that all the time now. Things that were good are now evil. You know, we used to have nice separate bathrooms and all of that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's no good anymore. We want, to have, we want them all to go you know, in the same room. And it's just really, really bizarre. We're tearing down the society that we live in. We're tearing it down. Woe to them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. No humility whatsoever. And we see that in the society today. They get away with all kinds of evil. Woe to them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. And I would like to add to that because I was thinking about that as I was reading that this morning that we are becoming more and more a drugged society. It's not just heroin and that, but we're becoming a totally drugged society. We start out early, and we drug our our society all the way uh, through. And is that good? Is that good? God <laughs> made us without needing all of that stuff. Now, I know there are certain conditions that happen, and we need to have... You know repairs and things that we take and I do take stuff for my asthma and I know those things are important but it seems like the whole society is becoming strong with drugs and they're becoming in some cases going crazy because they're on something like meth that is a scourge in our society today brethren. it is a it's a terrible scourge in our society He says, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. It's happening. It's happening in parts of the world. Somebody opens a Bible and you're in trouble. Somebody quotes out of the Bible and you're in trouble. And there's places in, in the world where you could be put into jail for the rest of your life because you're a Christian and you quote the Bible. The righteousness of God revealed in the Bible. He says in verse 24, Therefore, as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff, so the root shall be as rottenness and their blossom shall be up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Those words are so true today. We live in such a bizarro world. And it is all of that. Everything we've read. And it's getting worse. And I hope that we're going to be able to survive. In First John, the fourth chapter, First John 4. I know I've got a point there, but I'm not, I don't know what that point is yet. <laughs> we'll find out what that point is. Uh, 1 John 4, beginning in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Okay. Now we're getting to the point where we're, we're going we're to have this force field around us. Because there's some points that are really important for, for developing this force field. Of course, one of the greatest forces that we have is a love for one another and the love that God has for us and the love that he has shown to us through his sacrifice of his very son. We find that in verse um, verse 7 we see, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. I quote this a lot because I think this is one of the more important scriptures for us in this society that we live in today. We seem to have, one, we seem to have forgotten that uh, the love for one another is so very important, but also that we need to reach out to one another and help us, help one another in times of trial and tribulation and different things. He says, he that loves not knows not God, for God is love. And so, so... We we find out that without that, we we don't have a relationship with God. If we don't have that kind of love that that is is revealed in the Bible. In this is manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be that atoning sacrifice. For all of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And, and you know that's what strengthens that force field around us against Satan, is having that love one for another. It really is an important part of our, our very being. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us his very spirit that spirit I see I have a very short period of time here so uh, I only had a couple more scriptures anyway but one of the I want I wanted to this is the first part that's the most one of the most deeply important things that we need to understand about that force field is the love of God that's shed in us, that's given to us, that He given it freely. His son died for us, for our sins and everything. But there's also another very important thing that we need to put on. We need, to, we need some battle gear, don't we? I mean, Satan is a powerful being. He went, in, he went up to God and says, Hey, you take that shield away from Job and I'm going to do what I can do and I'm going to take care of him. And God says, well, all right, you can have everything, but don't take his life. And so Job sat in dust and ashes and, and scratched the boils that were all over him, but he did learn about God. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, we find some powerful battle gear that gives us that shield, that force field of blessing that we can take with us no matter where we go from the time that we get up in the morning. Well, actually, we ought to put it on at night before we go to bed, shouldn't we? (laughs) I think everybody knows these. You're very well aware of the armor of God. And let's start in verse 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So the force field that we have is the power of the might of God. Not some ethereal thing that the science fiction has come up with for, for ships and stuff. This is real power. This is real power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And remember, he is he's the enemy. He's the one that's fomenting all of this evil in the world. He's the one that's doing the things. And of course, also, we have our own quirky things that we are involved in our own sins and stuff and we need the armor to be put on so that we can wrestle our own selves and we have that uh, that in there for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world against the spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore take you on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and and having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins girt with truth Brethren, one of the biggest problems we have in this society today is knowing what's true. And there's only one thing that I know. This is true. And when you start preaching the truth, then you start having problems. Because people don't want to hear the truth. But this word is truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. That's the righteousness of God. That's not the righteousness of this world. This world is a bizarro righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. One of these days, the kingdom of God is going to be on this earth. And it is going to replace all of these other bizarro things that are going on. of all, taking on the shield of faith, wherewith you are able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I you know, wish there was some way to you know, put this on the back, or you know, a sword that I could carry on my. Yeah, you know, we could have a small Bible that we could carry it would be our sword. I have a couple of those. Maybe I should be just make me a special sword holder for the Word. Actually, I think this one is called the Sword Bible, so that's very appropriate. The sword of the word, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit spirit, and watching thereto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Brethren, it's very important that we put on the force field of blessing that God has provided for us in his word.